We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by the College Corner. I'm Neil McCready. Zach Barry with me here today as well. You'll see Zach in just a moment. If you're watching on the live stream, you'll see me in just a moment too. If I can find it, it's not in the usual spot because we had a little issue today, but we're all good. There we are, like magic. Me, Zach, boom. How about that? Uh, welcome into the show. We will talk about Bryson Hurst commitment. We'll talk about what might come next and all of those different things in the next, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes, something like that. Who knows? First, I want to tell you that we're brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, the College Corner is next to Fleet Feet. In Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's okay. It's no problem. You can go to the College Corner at collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. So whether you're tailgating in Oxford or homegating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day, the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. I'm in the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Zachary, how are you? Neil, good afternoon. Doing well. Just, uh, you know, preparing for week zero. Got the, uh, I think I think week zero will be, uh, the basement will be slightly under construction, if you will. Um, no actual furniture down here yet, but I'll probably have to, you know, improvise and just bring some chairs down here. But um, right, let's talk the, about uh, this because you got the rock wall behind you. Yeah. And you've got what appears to be a thing coming out. Is that where you yell for help? <laughs> I actually don't know what that is. Um, it actually houses a box of matches that goes, there's an actual like gas heater down here that the guy left that works. So when it's wintertime and we're down here talking recruiting and it's really cold, I can actually heat, I can actually light that. Oh. You know, emit heat but it's on the other side of the basement um basically got this we had this huge space that we weren't using and uh so i got a projector installed and uh, a couple tvs 
got a mini fridge. So I'm waiting on a couch from a buddy who is moving. And then I'm just in the market to find some kind of coffee table, but, uh, but we're, we're ready. So, you know, a better story would be is that you would just yell into that, say, Hey, bring me a beer. And (laughs) down would come the beer or, Hey, where's the meatloaf? I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, just, just kind of like, yeah, I I guess it could be like a, um, (laughs) like a dumbwaiter kind of situation. (laughs) Yeah. Or like I could slide down and yeah, yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to be ready to catch it, but yeah, that would be nice. But I mean, if I want one, it's just over there. So yeah. I can go get it. But y'all, uh, y'all should work on that. Work on making that more of a delivery yeah. system. I'm sure your wife yeah. would love that idea. Yeah, she'd love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had uh, we had the little one down here uh, earlier today. I was showing him the projector for the first time, so he was watching Bluey on a 100 inch screen. He was a big fan. So now, Bluey uh, is not blues like blue from Blues Clues, right? I mean, mine, we're not we're no longer. Carson's not quite watching the the uh, the cartoons anymore. Those days those days have um, have passed us by. Yeah, yeah. No, Bluey is a um, cartoon. It's a family of blue healers. There's there's a thread on the message board about it that might be the most united the message board has ever been. Um, but it's a uh, it's a <laughs> show that's the family lives in Australia, and um, the episodes are seven minutes long. There is no singing. And it's actually pretty hilarious for kids and adults. It's pretty clever little show. Um, but he he loves it. That's it's that in Disney movies. Um, so basically, what you're saying is the only thing that can bring the Rebel Grove community together during these trying times <laughs> is Bluey and Ted Lasso. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Jason Sudeikis and a family of Australian blue healers. <laughs> That's it. So there you go. We've we, solved the crisis. <laughs> we figured it out. So, all right. All right. Bryson um, Hurst. We said last week Bryson Hurst was the next commitment. We both win the yep. big prize because Bryson Hurst was indeed the next big commitment. He commits to Ole Miss the other night, like at midnight. I looked up and I saw your text when I woke up in the morning and I was like, Zach, Zach knew I was long gone. There was no way I was going to see that. Yeah. Uh, Bryson Hurst, four star offensive tackle from Gaucher, Mississippi. Is that where he's from? That area? Yeah. So uh, I know he's a good player. I've heard a lot about him. I've heard other players talk about him. I remember uh, Timothy Gagofian, I hope I'm saying his name correctly, um, talking about, hey, I'm going to start recruiting him. He's really important. He's big. I thought something in in your analysis was interesting because different staffs have different philosophies. The current Ole Miss offensive line, Zach, this offseason – they made it a priority for all of them to gain weight, to get bigger. Um, yeah. They, that's clearly the, the style of offensive line that, that they want. Bryson Hurst is a big boy. He, he's, the I think, the third or fourth offensive line commitment already, and, and they're all pretty big fellas, um, even if they're not quite as big as what they're listed. They're awfully big. Uh, tell me about Hurst and how much you read into Ole Miss's recruitment of, of – size up front yeah you know i don't remember when i was in high school i don't remember playing against many guys that were six six three twenty um that's they don't they don't grow like that everywhere um and we even played south panola when i was in high school and they didn't have anybody that big but um yeah he's incredibly incredibly large 
But uh, look, he, he's extremely nimble. Um, I put it in, in my analysis. He, he, he's pretty bendy. That's a term that a lot of coaches and scouts use. So what does that mean that, for, for people that, that are listening to this that are like, I don't really understand what the hell that means. What, what is, can you put that in layman's terms a little bit? I mean, they're just athletic, flexible. They're not super stiff and 6'6", six, six, you know, plus 300 guy that's just, well, if he doesn't get your hands on you, then it, you can get around him. No, like he's, he's pretty quick. He's got good feet. Um, he can the make a step Jake, and make that second step, transfer his weight so that he has balance because yeah. you're, you're going up against – you're going up against guys that don't weigh 320 pounds, but you're going up against 260 pound guys typically. Yeah. 250, 255, 260 guys that are pretty athletic. Guys that if typically, mm-hmm. you know, they're six foot three, six foot four, and they're typically guys who, if they were six foot eight, they would be power forwards. I mean, they're 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 guys who, who yeah. who've got real game, who've got real athleticism. Guys who dominate the YMCA basketball league if they if they wanted to, um, so you you've got to be able to keep a big body in front of those guys, or they'll run right by you, and the size doesn't matter. Yeah, and he's 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 pretty athletic for his size. Um, you know, already ahead of the curve, and then some with his run blocking. Really strong. Uh, he's a power lifter at Gaucher. Um, I think I've seen him squat at least 500, maybe more. I mean, he's really strong kid. Lower half is is power five ready. Uh, and like like most high school prospects um, that aren't named Laramie Tunsil, he's going to need a little bit of work on his pass sets. And, and that's everybody. It's really hard to be extremely, you know, toned in on, on how you kick slide, get set in pass blocking. They can work on that. Um, but what you said about the, the size of the offensive line commits that they have, it's really funny that you, that you mentioned that because I was actually going back last week and, uh, watching some old film on, uh, past quarterbacks. I was, um, kicking around the idea of doing something about Matt Corral and his, his accuracy and, you know, more specifically his deep ball accuracy. And, um, I think he's, you could probably throw some names out there. I think he's probably the most accurate downfield thrower that I've seen since Robert Griffin III when he was at Baylor. And there's a tie in there with Levy and the whole Baylor model of being very physical running the football. You can see that with how they're recruiting offensive linemen. Hurst is 320, Gagafian's 290, and he's 6'7", and then Cushman's 281 and 6'5". They want to get bigger. They want to get more physical. Um Look, you saw him last year against Alabama. I don't think it's, I don't think it's out of the realm to say that they beat up Alabama up front running the football. Oh they no, were. I don't. I don't think that's out of the realm at all. I thought. I thought in in that game, if you go back and look at it, both offensive lines, both Ole Misses and Alabama's, dominated the opposing defensive line. I mean, to yeah. the, to the point of it being a beatdown. Yeah, and so I think that they found something last year. Obviously, they led the the conference in rushing yards per game. The whole running back room is back. They're going to have um, at least a couple of those guys back next year. So they're just trying to build on what they got last year on that offensive line and continue to get more physical because um, you got to be able to run the football to keep people honest. And then Kiffin and Levy are going to take what the defense gives them when you try to stop the run and they can throw it downfield, throw it up the seam to the tight end, um, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, I think the the emphasis on getting more physical at the line of scrimmage is uh, something that 
they're trying to get to. And I think that they've already addressed it with those three commits. You know, it's interesting you say that because I think if you go back and look last season, the one thing that probably frustrated Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy offensively was there was still a couple of times that, you know, in the goal line situations even and stuff where you you needed to get a yard, two yards, and that was the struggle. The struggle was Mm -hmm. never to get the 60 yards or to get the 600 yards. The struggle was at times to get the one yard, the one and a half yards. You know, to be able to uh, to line up and just go, okay, we're we're not. This isn't going to be particularly complicated. This is going to be uh, sort of man on man, and we're going to go get ours, and then you'll have to think about that when we line up first and ten. Um, in some ways, the same kind of problem that that Hugh Freeze and them had at times, but Hugh's problem was they had a tendency to try to get too cute. With yeah. Ole Miss last year, I thought it was exactly what you just said. I don't think they were quite as physical up front as they would have liked to have been, and that was a pretty good offensive front, one that includes a guy that I think is going to start for the Green Bay Packers here in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, that was yeah. a that was a good line. I just don't know that that was – and maybe some of it was mentality, but some of it was obviously size because, like I said at the beginning, they've gone back with those guys, and all of those guys are 15, 20 pounds bigger right now. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say it's kind of Groundhog Day for Ole Miss fans – um, between the 20s for the past decade, it seems, has never been an issue. Um, it's just in the red zone. Um, and they did it some last year where they were able to punch it in and hit people in the mouth. But they, I think if you ask Jeff Levy, he would, he would love to be able to line up heel to heel and just go right at people. Um, I think even, even at the tight end position, that's an emphasis. Kyron Heath, the guy that they worked out in person, um, and then they've seen him on film as a junior, very physical run blocker at the point of attack. So that guy that, that's going to be catching balls at a tight end position still has to be able to block. So, um, you know, you look back at Levy's days when he was on the Baylor staff and then when he was at UCF, always a very good running team, very physical. So that's, I would honestly say it's 50-50, maybe 60-40, the mentality of that offense. I mean, Corral gets all the fanfare for good reason, and Kiffin's known as this guy that throws it all over the yard. But they they want to be able to run the football down your throat. It's really not who Kiffin is. You know, Kiffin's a guy that's going to find a matchup, and he is going to poke you in between the eyes over and over and over until you stop it. Yeah, it's, that's fun, what he does. it's interesting because the, the rep on Kiffin is a fairly new thing. He goes to, he goes to Alabama – after he'd been fired at USC, after all that craziness, he goes to Alabama, and Nick Saban essentially said, look, I find the Saban story fascinating. When it's all over, the Nick Saban story is so interesting, and this is a big chapter in it. He says, look, you're a smart guy. Um, you, you'll figure this out, which is kind of Saban's way of going, I think you're the guy to figure it out. I don't, I'm a defensive guy. I don't know that I can figure it out. Figure out what they're doing at Ole Miss, ironically, with Hugh Freeze. What it is that Gus Malzahn is doing that's giving us some problems. Figure it out. Let's put some of that in our offense and go from there. Mm-hmm. And by God, Lane Kiffin did. But before that, Lane Kiffin was more of a pro-style offensive system mm-hmm. guy. He didn't He didn't do a lot of the wide-open spread Pass happy stuff that people say that he is that that's not really what they did, and so he gets to Alabama where you have all these athletes. You always have, you always have elite receivers. You always have 
typically always have great running backs. You're always pretty good up front, yet his first quarterback there was not a very good quarterback. And um, so he had to make it work, and he did, and then he goes to FAU, and um, it's funny, you know, I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit, and I'm talking to myself some, and you just get to be my sounding board. It's funny, Kiffin does these press conferences with us, and I'll hear people go, man, he didn't say anything. And I'm always kind of thinking, I'm not sure sure you were really listening. Because he actually does say some things sometimes that it'll get sort of buried, but he'll give you a little insight, especially into him. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Lane Kiffin loves the idea of balance. He loves the idea of, I'm going to take what I have. He said it the other day. He said, you know, we have an offensive system, but we we kind of see what we have in camp and then sort of build the system around those players. No, you don't abandon the system and change the system or whatnot because that would be stupid. But he's not stubborn. Like some coaches are stubborn. Like we're going to run this play and we're going to run it this way and by God, even though this tailback's not the same as this tailback from a year ago, we're going to do it this way, or I've got a different kind of receiver. That's what he did at Alabama one year. It was it was um, uh, uh, Amari Cooper. One year it's it's uh, the running back for the Titans now, whose name's Derrick Henry. It's it's yeah. it's those guys. I mean, those are completely different offenses. I mean, you build an offense around Derrick Henry and you build an offense around Amari Cooper. Those two offenses aren't going to look the same. That was the the genius, really, offensively of Kiffin, is that those were the same offenses. They just utilized different strengths than they had the year before. Because well, when you have Derrick Henry, yeah, you're going to feed Derrick Henry. But when you don't have Derrick Henry and the next guy that's behind him the next year or the next guys in, in Alabama's case, they don't have that same skill set. Well, you'd be foolish to say, well, we're going to do it the exact same way. You, you don't do it that way. And, you know, not everybody's an Amari Cooper. Not everybody can be that big of a work uh, – can handle that much of a workload at wide receiver. A lot of wide receivers would get beaten down like that over the course of a season. Not everybody's Julio Jones or, or – uh, AJ Brown or, or whatever. I mean, some of those guys are, are a little, you know, a little, a little slimmer, and uh, mm-hmm. and they get popped. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my point. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's it wasn't too long ago that Lane Kiffin was using a fullback, and Blake Sims, which I think is his best coaching job he's ever done, was under center a good bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, he's going to find a matchup and he is going to expose you until you stop it. He's going to identify who his playmakers are and he's going to give them the ball in space as much as possible. Um, you mentioned Amari Cooper. They moved him everywhere in that offense. They put, put him in slot. They put him out wide. They put him in motion. Um, he did the same thing with Kenyon Drake. Um, you know, they moved TJ Yeldon around in the backfield a lot. They ran screens. They ran you know, inside zone, they ran under center ISO plays, whatever's working. He's not going to be married to one style or one thing. He's just going to do whatever works to get six points. And that's all he cares about. So I, going back to our, the whole reason this conversation started, they have found something running the football with Jerry Neely, Snoop Connor, Henry Parrish, Kentrell Bullock, Isaiah Woolard, whoever it is. They have found something up front with that offensive line. And I think 
if Orlando Mana comes back and can play at center, Ben Brown at guard gives them, I think, a much better all-around offensive line. And look, I mean, I, I don't think it's too crazy to think that there's at least three, four guys on that line that can play in the league. No, I don't either. I, and I think one of the interesting things I'm going to write about this on Sunday is all about depth. One of the things as, with this team is that they're deeper on the interior guard center guard than they are on the two tackles. And so, yeah, you, you want to run the football. You don't want to get into the habit of throwing 50 times a game because now you are, you're, you're sort of jeopardizing two or three of, of your most precious commodities, obviously mm-hmm. Matt Corral and Nick Broker. I mean, you know, Nick's a physical guy. You'd like to see Nick sort of just get after guys a little bit. And, um, you know, yeah, so they're – but from a recruiting standpoint, they're looking for those kinds of guys. And um, I think it's interesting that they've gone and gotten three offense. is it three offensive linemen so far? The th- three, yeah. yeah. Cushman, Gagafian, and Hurst. You know, might go get one more, and then after that, you know, you probably are thinking if, if you continue to add, you're, you're thinking about adding older guys, which brings up a topic that we'll get to in a minute. We'll get to it in a second after we do this, but I'll, I'll, I'll tease it. There's discussion out there, and it's legitimate. I asked Lane Kiffin about it the other day, and he gave me a pretty good answer. Um, there's conversation in the NCAA and about doing this immediately if they can get the details worked out to expand signing classes starting in December, uh, depending mm-hmm. on depending on how many you know transfers you lose. We'll talk about it in a second. First, I'm going to tell you that we're brought to you by Daniel Barfield, Barfield Wealth Management. They've been around for about 21 years, serving individuals and businesses in the Oxford and North Mississippi area. Daniel carries both CFP and CPA designations. He's affiliated with the Advisors Resource Council, a registered investment advisory firm with offices in Oxford, New Orleans, Dallas, and the surrounding areas. They offer comprehensive financial planning, including investment management, estate and tax planning, insurance planning, and business retirement plans. 662-236-6454 or barfieldwealthmanagement.com to find out how he can help you. Brought to you by Billy's Small Batch Bacon. My friend William Stitt has mastered the art of bacon. His uh Grocery and restaurant in Fairhope, Alabama is called the Old 27 Grill. And if you're down there, you should absolutely check it out. Billy has perfected the bacon curing process. It takes eight days to perfectly cure bacon. Not seven, not nine, eight. So try Billy's Bacon. And if you're not down there, it's okay. Get on the internet. Billy'sBacon.com. B-I-L-L-E-S Bacon.com. Order five pounds or more. Use the promo code REBELGROVE and you get a Billy's Bacon Hat. Also brought to you by our friends at Alpha Specialties. Alpha located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. They are your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha. It's the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail. They've also got Hallmark Cargo Trailers. They've got um, the ability to work with third parties, to have game day trailers, concession trailers built. They've got spare tires and wheels starting at just $100. Um, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They do all types of truck accessories. They do all types of truck repair as well. Concession, horse, utility, uh, gooseneck, RV, all of that. All those trailers, they can repair them there at Alpha Specialty. 601-932-9798 or alphaofms.com. Also brought to you by Jennings Executive Search. 
Jennings specializes in the recruitment of accounting, finance, strategy, corporate development, data service professionals, and more from uh, the staff to C-level in all industries. So whether you're a small business owner who needs a finance leader, you work in a uh, private equity, or you run a team at a Fortune 500 company, John and his recruitment team of former public accountants will simplify the process by presenting you with a short list of only the most qualified candidates. Get in touch with him at on LinkedIn, it's J-O-N Jennings, or J-O-N at JenningsExec.com, or you can call him at 404 536 3000. And we're brought to you by Muddy Water Camo. I have more information for you here real soon in the next few days about uh, Muddy Water Camo and their new products that are coming out. For now, though, go to Muddy Water Outdoors, start checking it out. They've got some of the new products online today. We'll tell you uh, more about how to get. I think it's you go to, and I'll make sure of this here on the message board in the next couple of days, but it's promo code Rebel Grove. Get 35% off at MuddyWaterOutdoors.com. 35% off MuddyWater, MuddyWaterOutdoors.com by entering, entering the promo code Rebel Grove, and we're brought to you by Joey Erickson, Hair and Gear Chevrolet. Let Joey help you find the vehicle you're looking for at a price you can afford. Choose from a full selection of new Chevy vehicles or get a great deal on numerous brands of reliable pre-owned vehicles. Just give Joey a call or a text at 662-571-2367 or see him in person at 1685 High Street in Jackson. Test drive that new or used vehicle you've been wanting and let him earn your business Tell him that you heard about him on the Oxford Exxon podcast or the Soft Verbal podcast. And with any um, purchase, it's a $50 gas card from Joey Erickson at Heron Gear Chevrolet. All right, Zach, uh, we're talking about expanding signing classes. This is something you and I have talked about. It's a problem. Everyone knows it's a problem. Um, and it's about to be a real problem if they don't do something about it because the pandemic, the NCAA did the right thing with the pandemic and they gave everybody a free year. And so now you have these massive fifth and sixth year classes and those cats are going to get out. You got guys that leave early for the NFL. They're going to get out and you've got guys that are going to say, Hey, this isn't the place for me. And I'm not even talking about, I'm not talking about Ole Miss here. I'm talking about in general, everybody, this isn't the place for me. I'm going to get in the one time, no penalty transfer and I'm going to hop in the portal. There's a chance that rosters get gutted by that. And if that's the case, and you can only bring in 25, it could take you years to get back to the number. And so there is some talk now about a, uh, a compromise where you still sign 25 and you can replace players lost to the transfer portal. I think the number that they're looking at right now is up to seven. So potentially you could bring in 32 guys uh, on initial uh, counters, which I think is a brilliant idea and it's something that that needs to be done. Otherwise, it's the high school kids that are going to really pay the price. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is it, it kind of levels everything off to where prospects coming out of high school are not going to be affected by this. And, I mean, look, it, we, we make jokes all the time about the NCAA and you know the betterment of the student-athlete and all of that. But I do think that this is a good thing for them to implement because it is helping the student athlete and the prospective student athlete that is coming to college. It's, I think it's a great idea. It's, it's going to, um, and for the people that are going to say, well, it's just only going to help the blue bloods or the people that recruit. Well, it, it doesn't matter. They're going to recruit like that no matter what. 
Um, so yeah, okay, they can sign more players, but again, it's going to help level everything off and you know even the playing field for everyone. And with this weird pandemic year where people got a free year. It makes the most sense. Yeah, everything can't be about competition, right? Some things have to be about opportunity. And if you if if yeah. you if you lose thirty seven guys from your program, and you only can replace twenty five of them, we'll do the math. Those are opportunities that are lost, scholarship opportunities that are lost. You know, look, different coaches have different views of the transfer portal, and I think it's pretty obvious. I talked to Southern Miss coach Will Hall. You'll hear that tonight on. Um, Henry's guys and tomorrow on in podcast form on the Oxford Exxon podcast but I was talking to him about it and he was like look most guys that are in the portal are in the portal because they can't play and so not everybody in the portal not everybody in the portal belongs someplace but there are guys in the portal who deserve an opportunity and then there are there is a temptation for some of these programs and ULM for example how tempting would it be for Terry Bowden and Rich Rodriguez? My God, at, at those at, at that <laughs> step, how tempting would it be for those guys to go? Why should we recruit twenty five kids from Neville and Washita and West Monroe and Ruston and Ravel and Jonesboro Hodge and Vicksburg when we could just go get eighteen, nineteen kids out of the portal? who are physically bigger, they're three years older. Some guys maybe played at Ole Miss or Mississippi State or Texas Tech or Missouri or whatever. Make your school up. I don't care. Why not go get those guys? Well, if you go get those guys, those kids that I just mentioned from Neville and West Monroe and Ruston and Bastrop and Ravel and these other towns in North Louisiana, Minden or whatever, those kids don't get opportunities now. And the only ones that benefit at that point are the junior colleges, and with all due respect to junior colleges, that is not the answer. Yeah. I Look, it's it's like the, the meme that, you know, oh, it's like when that person you really hate makes a good point. You hate me? I, not you, just the people that, and it came up with the idea. I understand. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, man, like we, we really love dogging on the NCAA and, and everybody for, for everything that everything else that they do and say. But this is a great idea. And I, I think it's uh, if it's going to help the high school kid make the transition easier, if it's going to help colleges that have been hampered by not signing, you know, 25 players every single year and getting that quality depth, this is only going to help them bridge that gap to you know, make four better games, make four teams to have more complete rosters, give, give teams more depth and to inevitably have a better product on the field. I mean, I think this is just something that should have been done years ago and if, okay, they're doing it now. So it's, you know, better late than never. So I, I don't, I don't hate it at all. I think it's a great idea. And I think it's only going to help programs like Ole Miss that are trying to Build the quality depth that we talk about every single every single show um, to compete with the blue bloods. All right, let's get back to Ole Miss recruiting a little bit. We predicted uh, correctly that Bryson Hurst was the next commitment. Who are some guys sort of on the uh, on the radar now that you're keeping an eye on that could be next as we get into late August, early September? We're approaching the point 
after all of these years, feels like all of these years, God, it was like forever. We're approaching the point where kids are actually going to get to go to games and be unofficial mm-hmm. visitors and talk to coaches and such after games and all of that. Were, I mean, like some some degree of a return to normalcy. I I had some worries when all of this stuff started with the Delta variant and all of this that we were going to get right back into this dead period thing. But as mm-hmm. of this moment, knock on wood, that does not appear to be the case. So who are some guys that you sort of have an eye on? Right now, a um, couple guys from Alabama, and then um, kind of a recent development, um, Nick Cole, the athlete out of Donaldsonville, Georgia. A um, lot of momentum there for Ole Miss. Um, he took an unofficial visit to Ole Miss. He really likes the coaching staff. Um, it seemed like it was going to be a Florida, um, a Florida school versus Ole Miss battle with Florida State, Miami in there in the mix. Um, but Chris Partridge, Terrell Buckley, um, they've done a really nice job recruiting him. Um, I believe, could be wrong, it is my understanding that they're recruiting him as a safety. Um, he kind of does everything in high school, 5'11", 170 pounds, plays a lot of receiver, a lot of slot. They just kind of get him the ball and let him do what he does. Um, but he's a very versatile secondary prospect he can play some corner uh, I think he's athletic enough and physical enough despite not being very big he can play close to the line of scrimmage and uh, be an effective safety so I would say that he's probably I don't know if anything's imminent but I think Ole Miss has all the momentum there right now and then the two guys from Alabama I think uh, Ole Miss continues to trend in the right direction for Quinshawn Judkins he didn't play last week in their week one game. He sat out. They had had just kind of a nagging, um, I believe it was a quad injury. It was either a quad or a hamstring. Nothing serious, just sat out. And <laughs> I saw who uh, whoever they put in there as his replacement ran for over 300 yards in that game. Um, so Opelika's going to be okay if, if, if Quinshawn Judkins can't, can't tote the rock, it seems. Um, I think that they're trending in the right direction for him. I would – it's a my opinion that he's Kevin Smith's number one guy on the board at running back. They uh, they love his game, and then um, or he's at Pike Road, not Opelika. Opelika, uh, there is a prospect there, Jarrell Stinson, who uh, unofficially visited to Ole Miss, um, and I think that Ole Miss is in a good spot for him. I don't know; he's kind of teased committing somewhere soon. He didn't really say when. He's you know he said something. Uh, maybe a week or two ago, that he was going to possibly do it in the next couple of weeks. Um, but with players playing their senior season now, the season underway, they're going to be busy every week with game prep and watching film and lifting weights. Maybe he still does it. I don't know. But I think Ole Miss is in a really good spot there. Uh, I think they're competing with Florida State for Stinson. So a lot of Florida State Ole Miss battles on the recruiting trail this year and a lot with Miami too. But those are the three names that I would keep an eye on right now. Um, real quick, going back to offensive line, you mentioned maybe adding one more at the high school level. I think they would love to add Jacob Hood, another enormous for prospect sure. from for Nashville. sure. They would definitely take him. They would love to take him. Yeah. If uh, I think it's Ole Miss is in it, I think Georgia has the edge right now. Um, if they don't, if they don't get Hood, I would say they probably go JUCO and focus on the big fella from from Gulf Coast, uh, Percy Lewis, who's committed to Oregon. Um, they're continuing to chip away there and trying to keep him in state. Um, 
he's originally from the state of Mississippi. But um, yeah, those are, I would say Judkins, Stinson and Cole are the three names to keep an eye on right now. If, if Ole Miss were to get another one, that would probably be uh, one of those three. Um, anything new on some of the high profile names that we hear all the time? J- J- um, Otis, uh, guys like that. Um, I mean, those those names always I get always get those names kind of in mailbag questions or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Kamari Rogers. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say Otis and Rogers are probably their two top prospects inside the state of Mississippi and two of the best in the country. Both rivals 100 players. I, I think Otis is going to kind of say all the right things right now. He's committed to Alabama. Doesn't want to say anything to jeopardize losing a spot there. Um, but I still think that Ole Miss is going to hang in there and is going to continue to chip away as much as they can. Uh, I would probably venture to say they have at least four or five people on staff recruiting him at the same time. So they're letting him know that he's a priority. And same with Rodgers. He is another guy that says all the right things on social media. He always hypes up Miami. He's recruiting for them on Twitter, on Instagram, all of that. But I, I just – Terrell Buckley's known him since he was in eighth grade, and I think that that's going to be a factor until the very end, on, until signing day. Um, so that's those are probably the two most high-profile names that are out there that they're going to have a shot at, in my opinion. Um, speaking of high-profile – if uh, you're in the Oxford area and you need to find uh, a nice uh, laid-back spot for uh, for a drink, for a bite to eat, look no further than Lamar Yard, the uh, quintessential family-friendly and pet-friendly uh, indoor-outdoor restaurant venue in Oxford. It's on South Lamar, 10,000 square feet of indoor space, three-quarters of an acre of outdoor space. you got a full stage, indoor and outdoor projectors, three bars, Jordan's Playground, and parking on site. Go there. Enjoy their open fire barbecue, and now you can contact Lamar Yard and ask about their catering and private event rental options. Perfect for the Grove, perfect for an engagement party, perfect for a gender reveal, what have you. Anything and everything. Catering, private event, rental options are provided by Lamar Yard now, so call them. Perfect for your next big celebration or in the Grove this fall for a home game Check out that and more at LamarYard.com. Also, we want to welcome a new sponsor of the podcast, Sola on South Lamar in Oxford. Clever dishes, captivating cocktails. Um, Go there, enjoy their top-notch cuisine and libations six days a week, um, whether it's happy hour three to six, um, fresh-squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, They are bringing the best and brightest to you in-house or via curbside pickup. They're still offering that right now. Call them 662-238-3500 or check them out at solaoxford.com. Chef Erica Leip and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are wanting to feed and I guess uh, cool you off with some cocktails today. So uh, check them out. Podcast also brought to you by Kelly English Restaurant Group. The uh, Memphis restauranteur and renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes. If you need nationwide shipping information, go to irisetc.com. And then if you want to book a virtual cooking class, go to table22.com slash iris. And when you do, use promo code softverbal21 for half off your first month of cooking with Kelly. That's all caps, softverbal21. 
and uh, get half off your first month of the virtual co- virtual cooking classes. Podcast also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course, located in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Go see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. Got two putting greens, a driving range, and a chipping green to get your game tightened up. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com. How many um, how many games do you referee referee a week? Just one. I'm varsity only now. No more middle school. Not doing any on the weekends. Just I'm I'm prime time now. Neil is var- is when you do a middle school game. Is it more babysitting than it is refereeing? Because I mean, you could call uh, a thousand. You could call a thousand penalties in those games, right? Yeah, it's mostly preventative officiating. Um, I mean, if it's blatant and it's at the point of attack, you're you're throwing a flag. But most of it is, you know, coaching the players a little bit, teaching them, hey, maybe, uh, you know, you had a great block there. Maybe, you know, you could have let him go. Um, don't hold too long. You know, keep your hands inside, that sort of thing. A lot of it, though, is is just staring at the clock, making sure it's running. Um, <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have an ECO on site for those games most of the time, so it's – keeping an eye on somebody that's up in the press box eating nachos, making sure that they're starting and stopping the clock. But, um, yeah, it's all varsity now. So first game was last week. It was uh, it was actually not that hot. Um, but, uh, man, you want to talk about kids not hydrating, man. Second half, we had people dropping like flies, cramping. And I, I told both teams during timeouts, I was like, guys, y'all, you got to drink water during the week. Drink it on Friday. It's too late. It's too you late. Do it during the week. I tell Carson this all the time. Like he's got these soccer tournaments, you know, on Saturday. Like he's got a game at eight, and he's got a game at one thirty. And I'm like, man, I'm just telling you, you're all good for that eight o'clock game. But that one thirty game, you're gonna you're gonna be a little more dehydrated than you think, and it's gonna be hotter hotter than hell. You have to drink all week long. You've got to drink water. You've got to drink water. You got to drink water, and. It's hard to get kids to do that. They just don't think about it. And yeah, I get it. We, I didn't do it either when I was that age. Well, you see it a lot now with strength and conditioning programs. I would probably venture to say most Power Five program, probably every program, they weigh people before and after practice, and they gauge the weight that you lost in practice. You got to you got to start hydrating again. You got to get fluids in you. You got to get food in you. You got to get all that back because you know these big power five athletes that get out there and they sweat for three, four hours, you're just getting rid of a lot of fluid. So you got to rehydrate. So yeah, I mean the days of being in class and drinking Coke and, you know, uh, what was it? The, in high school we had Coke machines everywhere. It was like the Aquafina, you know, fruit punch drinks. And you oh, yeah. Can't do that. No, can't do that. You got to drink water. The, uh, when you're, when you're refereeing, do you, you catch yourself watching a, watching a player not not being a fan but just watching one guy or is it have, have you gotten pretty disciplined about doing your job uh you know honestly it, i'll say it's a little bit of both i mean i've been doing it for 12 years now so you kind of have your keys what you're looking at every play of what you know me being a back judge you're always counting 11 players every play um keeping the keeping the play clock but uh, a lot of it is, you know, making sure that you're getting downfield. You know, I think the the one thing for back judge is you can't get beat to the goal line. So if there's a break, if there's a long pass or a long run, you got to get on your horse and get there. But yeah, I mean, it, 
I'd be lying if I if I didn't admit that in some games if there's a really good player and he's out there making plays, and your your eyes are going to gravitate towards that player to see what they're doing, whether they're getting the ball or not, because um, yeah. they're they're attracting a lot of attention again, whether they're getting the football or not. So um, yeah, it's a little bit of both. You got anything else? Well, I was going to say, you know, speaking of doing a little bit of both, yep. um, if you need a commercial and residential alarm security, look no further than Protection Unlimited, the Mid-South's leader in both of those. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area in North Mississippi for 40 plus years, and they would love to get your business and your family protected today. Cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options, monitoring 24-7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510. Podcast also brought to you by Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still is uh, making it his goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Looking at uh, doing... Two things at once here. Maybe you're looking to own a home or you're looking for rental property or an investment property. Um, give the Barry Home Team a call. Whether it's cash offers, wholesale offers, escalation clauses, iFinder, all of these buzzwords and phrases that you may know nothing about in uh, the real estate business, they can answer all of those questions and more. Rick and Stacy, over 175 homes sold and more than $42 million in volume closed. In this year alone. So call them at 901-481-6420 for all of your buying, selling, or investing needs. After you do that, go ahead and give the folks at Saddle Creek Title a call, the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hand and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Check them out at saddlecreektitle.com. Last but certainly not least, Soft Herbal is brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. Good neighbor service and surprisingly great rates. He's your one-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis and his team a call at 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's one of those jingles that stood the test of time, right? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You can say it. You can sing it. You sort of know it. If I say like a good neighbor, you immediately I'd think State every, Farm every time. Everybody, I, it's marketing 101. Find something easy and catchy, and everybody knows exactly what you're doing. So, um, yeah, really stood the test of time. I don't know how long State Farm's been around, but I highly doubt they've changed it since they started using that. Forever. I remember we had a State Farm agent in Ruston growing up. It was Skip Russell. I remember always hearing that name, Skip Russell. You just knew, you knew who Skip Russell was. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if I got anything else. Um, I don't know if there's any questions I had or topics that I was. You wrote a story. In you wrote a story about a 2022 quarterback. Are you hearing anything new about what they might do with at the quarterback position for this class? No, and you know I talked to Robbie Roper, um, quarterback out of Rossville, Georgia. It's on the site at rebelgrove.com. Check it out. Um, you know he was pretty blatant and honest with how his recruitment's going. He's got one offer right now from Western Carolina. Um, uh, you know, I kind of looked him up. I, I saw he had a huge week one game, over 500 total yards of offense, six touchdowns. 
And I was kind of wondering, you know, how in the world does this guy only have one offer when he plays at a seven A school in Georgia? Um, but he was he was pretty honest with. I asked him for a self assessment, and he was like, "Man, I got to get better moving around the pocket." He was, I, I didn't really get to showcase that uh, last year because his offensive line was so good. Um, he's been to some camps. Uh, he threw for the coaching staff in Oxford. Um, said he's hearing from them, Georgia Tech and Florida State right now, and it seems like all of them are just kind of in wait and see mode. They want to see how his senior season goes. Um, but I mean, he's got the got the frame to play in the SEC, uh, 6'3", 210 pounds, plays at a really good high school. Um, but yeah, I mean, he said he's been in constant communication with Chris Partridge, and they're just saying that they want to keep monitoring his development and see how his senior season goes. So um, as far as any other prospect, I put a chick uh, on the site, I guess a couple of days ago. Uh, Justin Martin's still the guy. They're still talking with him. I think it's going to be a tough pull. He seems to be pretty locked in with Cal right now, but um, – I think that that's who they're going for first and foremost. And then after that, they'll look and see if they have a high school kid that they like. If not, I think they're going to go transfer portal. And I think there's going to be plenty of options uh, at the end of the season. Well, Zach, appreciate the time. Hope you have a, uh, a great rest of your week. Good luck with your game this weekend and enjoy uh, the yeah. start of the football season. Getting rolling on Saturday, the big, the big Illinois, who is it? Illinois and uh, Illinois, Nebraska, Illinois, Nebraska, the game that everyone talks about year round. We get it. Week one, week zero, actually. That's that's what I was going to ask you. Okay, real quick. Yep. So on our show last night, we do a gambling show every week. Once the season gets going, we started with team totals. Um, some interesting ones here that we touched on, and I want to get your thoughts real quick. Um, Arkansas over under six wins. What do you think? See, six feels like ex- exactly right to me. Let me Could pull, be a push. Let me pull their schedule because I'll tell you kind of what I think. Contrary to accusations, I don't have the Razorbacks' schedule memorized. I really don't. I, 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 I know it's not that. up on the. Are you pretending like it's not on the wall? Uh, it is not on the wall. Um, the schedule, the schedule magnets on the fridge, probably though. You know what? My wife's not a big refrigerator magnet person, so it's probably not. All right, so they open with Rice. That's a W. They get Georgia Southern in week three. That's a W. UAPB is a W. So they've got one, two, three surefire wins. Mm-hmm. I'm of the opinion they've got a shot in week two against Texas. It's a big game. It's early in the season. Sarkeesian's in year one. I'm not yeah. I'm not gonna do this Texas is back thing like everybody does every single year and then they're not. So to me right. that's that's winnable. Uh they've got three games in a row after Georgia Southern, Texas AM at Georgia at Ole Miss that I think are losses. Um I think they could beat Auburn at home October sixteenth. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I think yeah. I think they could very easily beat Mississippi State at home on November the 6th. I don't think that's impossible. I don't think they're winning at Alabama and I think they could beat Missouri. But I'm inclined Ooh, okay. to I'm inclined to go under though because I think if you if you put my feet to the fire, I would say even if they beat Texas. Let's give them Texas for fun. Rice, Texas and Georgia Southern, that's 3 in a row. Then they lose 3 in a row. Let's say they 
don't beat Auburn. They beat UAPB. They beat Mississippi State. They're five and four headed down the stretch at LSU, at Alabama. That's LL. And then Missouri at home, you're kind of beat up. Probably go under at five and seven. I, I will say this the people that are like, Arkansas is going to suck. I don't think they're going to suck. I think they're going to be an okay team. I think five and seven for them is fine. Sure. The fan base is not going to like it because it's five and seven, but that's not terrible. The realistic um, depends on what it looks like. If it's five and seven with the like, let's say it's five and seven, and the game against A and M is is pretty competitive, and the game at Ole Miss is is not a complete you know road road route, and uh, let's say they the game against Auburn's a four point game. Yeah, sure, that'd be okay. Mm-hmm. That'd be okay. And look, they could beat Auburn at home. I mean, I'm not buying. Yeah. I'm not buying this Auburn is is a superpower thing, and and I'm not doing no. it with I'm not doing it with Missouri either. And so they get Missouri at home at the end of the year, and if they're playing for something, they might be okay. I think Sam's going to do a good job. But I, I mean, there's there's a part of me that thinks Arkansas sixth instead of Mississippi State in in the in the West. I mean, I think yeah, everybody goes be. everybody goes Mississippi State sixth by default. And I'm not sure Arkansas might not no. be a little better team. I, I have big time pause there with KJ Jefferson being mm. the guy. Is he going to be able to get it done? You got to have a quarterback in this league, and if he cannot consistently do it week in week out, they're going to have issues. Um, you mentioned him a couple times here. I love. We went over on Missouri seven wins. I'm all jokes aside with Eli Drinkwitz and how big of a goober he is, and how he tries to do the social media thing like Kiffin. I think they're eerily similar to Ole Miss. Um, Connor Bazelak was really good a year ago to close the season. Second year in the system for him, kind of similar to Matt Corral, second year in the system at Ole Miss. And their defense was just awful last year. I think they're very similar to Ole Miss where if Bazelak can have the season that they think he can, Tyler Beatty's back. They've got the Ohio State transfer Mookie Cooper on offense. It's going to be um, getting a ton of touches. If their defense is just – somewhat improved like Ole Miss's defense. If, if Ole Miss's defense can just do something to be better, I think that they have a chance to win eight games. Central Michigan's a win. Southeast Missouri State's a win. Tennessee's a win. North Texas is a win. At Vanderbilt's a win. South Carolina's a win. Yeah, you're right. Six, they had six wins right off the bat. And then the only games that's that- what I think they could start out undefeated. The only games that I look at and go, that'll be tough. At Kentucky, you'll be tough. They should yeah. they should beat Boston College. Yeah. Uh, Texas A and M at home is difficult. Florida, okay. yeah. Look, they could they could win as many as nine, but now we're giving them to get them to nine. You're giving them giving them toss ups. You're giving yeah. them Kentucky, Boston College, and Arkansas, and I don't think they win all three of those. On the road, I don't. So think, I, think, I don't think they go win all three of those games. They could get to eight and four. There's a path there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were talking about it last night, and I was kind of like, oh, okay, they're they're a lot like Ole Miss with if the defense can be just somewhat better, they can win one or two more games that they shouldn't because of how bad the defense was a year ago. But um, <laughs> all right, last one before we uh, close up shop here. All right. Uh, Tennessee under six. I I love this pick. Yeah, I think I do too. Let me, let me pull up their schedule and, and and take a look at it. I don't like their team. Um, I I don't I don't. Like I don't even it. know if they're going to have a full roster with everybody leaving. Okay, so here's their schedule. 
They get Bowling Green, and I think that's a win. I think they lose to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, they beat Tennessee Tech. They lose at Florida. They lose at Missouri. They've got a, a critical game if they're going to try to get bowl eligible against South Carolina at home. I think Ole Miss beats them. Uh, they lose at Alabama, of course. They lose at Kentucky. They lose at home to Georgia. I mean, they should technically finish with wins over South Alabama and Vanderbilt, but there by the end, they might be a that, little checked out. They might be a little beat up. Was, they're kind of thin. I love the under I mean, there. That, yeah, that early stretch is tough. I mean, how motivated can you be? playing against Ole Miss with that start? Because I think they're going to be, what, one and three, one and four? I mean, even if they beat Pittsburgh, they're going to be no better than four and two when Ole Miss comes to town. And if they lose to Pittsburgh, they're probably three and three. Oh, okay. We, were, we hadn't looked at the non-con. Yeah, it's, it's three and three. And then you get Ole Miss, Alabama, Kentucky, Georgia, boom, 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 week after week after week. That's, that's tough. Yeah, and that fan base, I've been in that stadium when things aren't going their way. And it is a weird atmosphere when Tennessee's not not playing well. So, yeah, I, I love the under six pick there. Um, All right. Hey, yep. football's back this football's weekend. Football's back. If, you, uh, if you're in the live stream and you're listening, we'll have uh, hand-raised guys tonight. I've got a lot of football for you. Andy Staples of The Athletic will join. So will Ryan Brown of the next round. And Southern Miss coach Will Hall all uh, joining hand raised guys. And that'll be available for Friday's Oxford Exxon podcast. So that does it for this edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast. Don't forget collegecornerstore.com, your place to get stocked up for your football gear as you get ready for the 2021 season. For Zach Barry, I'm Neil McCready. Until next time, take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.